Welcome into another episode of the Talk Before Kickoff podcast. Jared Alator, your host, and we are previewing the Kansas State-Oklahoma State game coming up this Saturday night at Boone Pickens Stadium. We got another great guest lined up. This is Mitch Fortner, KMAN Radio in Manhattan, Kansas. He does Kansas State and high school play-by-play, as well as Kansas State's public address announcer. Okay, folks, and joining us right now is Mitch Fortner from KMAN Radio in Manhattan, Kansas, and also Kansas State's new public address announcer, replacing Dave Lewis, who was the public address announcer for 14 years. Mitch, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just glad to talk to you, Jared. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would be glad to talk to you about becoming a radio sports personality, as that's what you do right now. Tell us and why and how you got into the world of becoming a radio sports personality, specifically for Kansas State. Well, I, I, my interest sparked when I was a kid and just playing my college football video games and watching college football. I've always had the interest of being like a play-by-play and, and talk radio and just all things around college sports. And, and I'm from Manhattan originally. I was born here right across the street from the stadium. So I think it was meant for me to be uh, somewhat involved with K-State being a fan all my life. But yeah, I just got started with going to college and, and uh, getting some experience on air at a JUCO called Cloud County which is about 90 minutes from Manhattan. And and from there on, actually, I, I never actually went to K-State, got an internship in New York City, and that turned into uh, the job I have now with uh, talking sports on K-Man. And, and with that, you know, K-State just kind of reached out. It all started with, hey, do you want to be a public address announcer for women's basketball? And from there on, they just trusted me to do big and uh, bigger and better things. And uh, also turned into being the play-by-play voice for K-State soccer. I no longer do that, but now that I'm doing football, but uh, it's just kind of uh, earning trust and, and being decent at what I do, I suppose. Yeah, so that's basically the headline title. You just gave me a great one, from the big apple to the little apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you obviously noticed a difference from New York to Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, uh-huh. What would you say that that difference is like going from New York and then to Manhattan again? Yeah, I, it's the the speed of life is a big change um, from uh, power walking and taking a train everywhere from in New York City to everybody in Manhattan just driving way too slow, taking their time, and uh, not only driving but walking as well. And also uh, here in Manhattan, you don't really find a lot of tall buildings. You're, you're, I, the stadium is probably one of the tallest buildings you'll find, especially with the the enhancements that we've made the last decade or so with the the remodeling that's been done. Um, but um, I, I will say uh, people are a little bit more friendlier, I would say, in Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, I haven't even been to the East Coast, so I would I would already agree with you there. There's no uh, there's no persuading me any differently than, than what you said. I completely I completely I can see that. And, um, you know, I think it's just pretty cool uh, becoming a, a radio sports personality as uh, something that I would not mind uh, doing in the future at all. And uh, speaking of that, we'll talk about the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game coming up Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Oklahoma State comes in favored by 6, but Kansas State comes in as a number 25 team 
in the land. What do you think of the line for this game? To be perfectly honest, I was surprised to see Oklahoma State favored the way they were. Yeah, and I was too because, you know, Oklahoma State, they've had a lot of close games. Uh, the win over Boise State was certainly uh, impressive uh, with uh, taking that lead late in the second in the second quarter and then uh, nobody scoring surprisingly in the second half. I was really surprised to see that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Oklahoma State was really able to get that uh, rushing game going. But, uh, you know, K-State, with their win over Nevada, they really broke things open in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I mean, these two teams, I think, are, are – kind of similar they're both playing some pretty solid defense and they they have a pretty decent run game and they need to get the passing game going that's that's definitely uh uh i guess i don't know if i'd call it a weakness just you know kind of one-dimensional so far this year but the line with uh i think it actually opened up at nine i'm surprised it dropped to six uh but it's that's i think a little bit more realistic but i i, I will tell you this k-state does not mind playing the underdog role uh it makes them i guess mm feel more disrespected and in the same t- at the same time uh playing more angry so uh i, th- I think k-state fans and the k-state team will take that yeah uh, you know i always love a, a good david and goliath um, headline and you know I, I, don't, I don't really see that game or this upcoming game as an, as an example for that but it is surprising the way that Oklahoma State's been favored because of the way that you see them kind of with slim margins and slim win margins of their first three games of the year. But for Kansas State, the way they played last year against Oklahoma State was a very professional style offense, bully ball, get about four yards on the ground or through the air each play and then just roll with it. But now... Will Howard, I mean, you saw him in that Nevada game, getting very comfortable out there, throwing the deep ball. How do you think his play will affect the game with the Oklahoma State's defense, like you said, playing solid? Well, the game, the game could certainly come down to how he plays for sure. You brought up last year, and, and that's a pretty good example, actually, of of just the different directions a game like this can go, especially with you know just such a young guy like Will Howard, a quarterback who does have a lot of experience, but his uh, confidence has been in question at times. But last year, I mean, Tylen Walls did not play for Oklahoma State. K State got out to a twelve nothing lead going into the half, and then here comes Oklahoma State. But you know, Will Howard in the fourth, I think it was in the fourth, he fumbles, and it's a scoop and score for the Cowboys. 85 yards and they have the lead for good k-state had an opportunity to win the game but will howard does throw an interception on the on the final drive and and mike gundy's squad able to just run out the clock but and then if you go back two years ago k-state just could not get anything going offensively and both of those games last year and the year before oklahoma state has played really good defense and that is that is actually that is concerning for me because I think one of my favorite players in the Big 12 is Malcolm Rodriguez, who's been mm. you know, at linebacker for the Cowboys the last couple of years. He's he's a honorable mention all Big 12 a couple of times. You know, just a player like that that is so experienced for for the Cowboys against somebody that is experienced but has had his up and downs. Like like Will Howard can can pose as a as a threat for uh, K State's offense. Yeah, absolutely, and it seems like. We all look at the stat sheet at game after game for the Oklahoma State defense, and it's just it's always Malcolm Rodriguez leading the team and, and tackles, and it just seems like he's just all over the field everywhere. And it seems like 
it's hard to say because it seems like his entire career it's we've seen nothing but a great football from him and I think this year he has somehow dominated his own previous peak and that's saying a lot and I think I think it definitely will uh, become I think it definitely will come down to those two players I definitely say those are the two impact players Will Howard and Malcolm Rodriguez for their respective squads but as we get into the current era just want to ask you about the historical era of Kansas State because whenever we think of this team you think of perhaps the, the biggest turnaround in college football history when Bill Snyder came to coach. Who have you been? Who have been your favorite athletes to cover coming out of K State from 1998 and Michael Bishop to Tyler Lockett in today's era? So my favorite Wildcat of all time is Darren Sproles. He has had one of the more illustrious careers in the NFL out of uh, Wildcats that have gone on to play at the next level. But Darren is also like, I'm a small guy, and Darren is a small guy, and I think that's why I also relate to Deuce Vaughn. He's, I call him hashtag my boy on my, uh, ra- <laughs> my, my radio show because he's small like me. I played a little running back, and you, you look at, you got this 5'6 guy, 173 on the depth chart. Like, how's this guy going to be such a dynamic running back? Well, mm-hmm. Darren Sproles, he was a lot heavier than that, but he was 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, uh, uh, so Darren Sproles is up there. Mark Tinkermatica is one that some might forget about, but he was a kicker mm. at K-State. And he he holds the NCAA record for the longest field goal made without a tee. Yeah. And that was 65 yards uh, against Northern Illinois back in 98. I was at that game. Um, and then um, I would say a defensive player that is one of my favorites, uh, go back to the early 2000s and Josh Buell. Who, uh, who was a linebacker, but he was also undersized. That's why he didn't really get much of a chance at the next level, but he was a you know, all-Bay 12 All-American type of linebacker. But because of his size, I kind of held him back. But, man, that guy was ruthless, and just the look of him was intimidating. Yeah, uh, well, I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, Mr. Automatica, as they used to call him there in the, in the Little Apple. And right. it seemed to be he seems to, you're right he seems to be underrated in in some form of way because the way that he defined that position over in Manhattan was was unlike any other that we've seen in college football history it feels like and he was uh like a catapult you've probably heard you know K-State is uh when it comes to non-offensive touchdowns has the most in the nation since like 97 well, you know, Martin Gramatica is one of the all-time leading scorers at K-State, if not the all-time leader. I, I don't know who owns that stat, to be quite honest, but I know he's up there. But K-State, ever since then, has had this just dynamic run of successful special teams. Josh mm-hmm. Allen, or not Josh, I'm sorry, not Josh Allen. Um, no, Josh Allen, that's right. Or David Allen. David Allen is what I'm thinking of. David Allen was a returner at that same time as Martin Gramatica being out there, you know, like in the late 90s, 98 was a big year for him. And mm. David Allen was a hell of a punt returner um, and, and kickoff return guy. He almost set the NCAA record, uh, but one was called back and then he got hurt for the rest of the year. But um, K-State ever since then has just been fantastic on special teams, just recycling and bringing in new guys every year. When it, when they recycle, they just bring in a new guy and he's a, he's a dynamic kick and punt returner. Yeah, yeah. As for the special teams, uh, 
they do have that kind of underrated feature, but for Kansas State, it just seems like it just seems like automatic to always recruit the best. And I bet back in 1998, I bet you know you got guys like Gramatica who basically give the team that little edge on if you were to ask uh, who are the best three teams in the country and you know you got Kansas State and I think a couple of other teams were uh, almost ended up undefeated at the end of that year I think if you were to look at the special teams giving that little edge to Kansas State and being the best in the country at one point I think it would be because of him I think it would be because of Gramatica that that would give him that little edge over uh, over everyone else yeah I would agree and, and we've also had always like really good punters yeah um, and you know Sean Snyder who's now he's a special teams coach at USC but you know Bill Snyder's son you know he was the special teams coach forever here once he got done with actually playing for his dad in the uh, late 80s early 90s but um, yeah, about, about everywhere you look at, special teams wise, K State's been really good. I mean, look, two years ago, the 2019 season, there were three games because of special teams plays. K State, because of those plays, either won or had a chance to uh, win the game because it got him back in it. Yeah, and I think for uh, you know, for both of these squads, they've uh, definitely have gone through some big turnarounds. I think. In a way, Oklahoma State and Kansas State, they both have some amazing similarities in providing such big turnarounds. Kansas State in the early 90s, Oklahoma State, the mid-2000s with Mike Gundy. And I think uh, in a way, both of these teams have some similarities. And I cannot wait to see what happens on the field. Boone Pickens Stadium, Saturday night. Mitch Fortner, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a good one. It was a pleasure, Jared. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, folks, that was Mitch Fortner, the sports radio personality of KMAN Radio in the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas, previewing the Kansas State game against Oklahoma State this upcoming Saturday. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Talk Before Kickoff podcast. And we'll have hopefully some more great guests lined up for you this season. Once again, Jared Alator signing off. Thank you very much and have a good one.